Hello everyone, this is Kurt Krenwogi, the Bardic Paladin here at the top of the show. Haven't done a disclaimer since the Pantheon of Humanity episode, and for the most part, I feel like the deities have been tame in the in-between week episodes, but I thought just as a precaution, I should let you know that in this particular episode, Syl, the last of the four goblin deities discussed, has domains that include filth and cannibalism, and there's a brief mention of infant side in relation to the those domains and so if you're squeamish about that or you don't want to listen to it i completely understand i just wanted to give you that advance notice so you can make your preferential judgment also i wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for a happy six months of the podcast here's to many many more years and enjoy the show Hork the bardic paladin who sings and plays again he tells the tales of glory and weaves a magic story. He'll join you at your table and ask you to share a fable. Heroes of humble origin, villains who must be fought again. No matter their skill or prowess, the people in life are countless. So we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 27 The Fracture of Goblin Kind. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and welcome to the Levitating Platter. Welcome to another in-between week episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. So I turned to the polls and I asked what everyone wanted to hear this week and the votes came in that you wanted specifically homebrew deity lore. I adjusted the polls on Twitter and Reddit to actually reflect that I've been covering deities just to make sure that is what the community was interested in listening to and it turns out, yes, you are. So the next series of deities that I would be covering would be Goblin Kind. And much like orcs, I took some time to reflect on how I can make them not inherently evil. So that way, if in my games or your games, you have player characters that do play a goblin, a hobgoblin, or a bugbear, that there would be something unique to give your characters a different background, a different explanation. So in my home setting of Harmony, there are four different goblin deities. Their names are Bavericks, Jakun, Hork, and Syl. And I will give a rundown of how goblinoids work in Harmony in my homebrew setting, and then I will detail each of the four goblin deities. So without further ado, let's head into the creation of the goblins. Goblinoids. When the Sator charged Monena with the responsibility of creating nature and the foundation of the Kantufei, he brought forth the begotten who would make 
the goblin race. In his wisdom, he knew that the goblin deities would be able to cater their species to care for nature in the dark, expansive underground caverns, mountain lairs, and harder places for nature to flourish. Certainly, the Sator did not doubt Monena's ability, and Monena welcomed the new begotten to join her in her particular theme of the Conticum, the Son of Creation, to help form life in those places. Two pairs of brothers and sisters became the shapers and makers of the goblinoids. When the Caesarea occurred, the pairs soon found themselves on opposite sides of the conflict. While the dissonant goblin gods were happy to throw in their lot with the corrupted orc gods and making war in Kantu Fei, the begotten goblin gods quietly retreated into Kantu Vita to hide away from the war, to still attend to their charge. And so those still loyal to the side of right retreated inward, seeking to hide away, sometimes made desperate by a lack of resources, which caused them to have to appear before humans, dwarves, and elves, who for the most part assume the worst. This is because those corrupted goblin gods stoked those fears and prejudices in the hearts of mortals by commanding their followers to follow the example of the dissonant orc gods by launching raids on the weak and helpless and living a violent existence, sometimes even working alongside these kinds of orcs. Goblinoids are fractured, and the begotten gods seek to inspire and encourage those goblins to emerge from hiding and fight to reunite goblinoids. Like all beings, free will is a factor for a goblin, so they can be found in the worship of other deities and have a range of alignments. So, not to totally copy off how the orcs work, I like to envision goblins as actually part of that responsibility of caring for nature and being able to work alongside nature to bring life into those dark places where unconventionally life exists in those ecosystems. Bavericks, goddess of arcana, knowledge, and medicine. Her alignment is neutral good, and she resides in Kantu Fei. Her titles are the Keeper of Bones, Mother of the Caves. Her symbol is a bone with three runic symbols ascribed on it, one for knowledge, one for health, and one to represent arcana. She is the sister of Jakun. Bavrix and Syl work together to create the most common of goblins, and Bavrix is the wisest of the goblin deities. She and her brother, Jakun, took their part in the Kantikum most seriously and got to work with instructing and educating their creation in the ways of nature. Bavrix specifically made sure to impart knowledge, medicine, and magic down to the goblins. She was responsible for the goblin written and spoken language. She teaches goblins how to outsmart those who would mean harm, how to use all the parts of the plants and of the animals, and the importance of both written and oral history and tradition. With this emphasis placed on knowledge and history, and not wishing to desecrate nature by being wasteful, there is a tradition of writing on animal bones for history, magic scrolls, medicinal recipes, and the bodies of their dead to protect them on their journey through the afterlife. In addition, many shamans, priests, and holy warriors who worship Bavericks will adorn themselves in the bones of the food they have consumed or their venerable ancestors. Bavericks taught goblins about cooperation and community. For this reason, in tribes and communities that worship Bavericks, goblinoid leadership and power rests with the oldest female priestess or tribal leader. 
When the Caesar occurred, at first the goblin deities did nothing, but it soon became apparent that Syl and Hork had given in to darkness and chaos. Syl was overcome with a deadly hunger and attacked Bavrix, and Bavrix lost her left eye. Jakun, her brother, rescued her and carried her into a network of caves that he had littered with traps, false paths, and took advantage to double back or hide in the shadows. After recovering, Bavrix and Jakun took those goblins not swayed by the dissonant to retreat into the deep and quiet places of Contuvita, where mortals would seldom go, in the hopes to never see conflict again. She returned to Contufei to be with nature once again to find healing and slowly is working to speak with those goblins in hiding to inspire them to speak up and to speak out to those who would deem all goblins as evil. Jakun, god of stealth, trickery, mining, and traps and inventions. His alignment is chaotic neutral and he resides in Contufei. His titles are the Gentle Jester, Shadow Cloak. His symbol is a brown weasel carrying a knife in its mouth. He is the brother of Bavrix. Jakun is the father of bugbears, making them in the likeness of himself. The quiet and intelligent brother of Bavrix, he took his role seriously from the Sator to educate goblin kind on nature. With his natural curiosity, he developed a passion for tinkering and building traps for defense and hunting. Thus, goblins give him worship to defend their caves and to sneak away from outmatched fights. The bugbears petition their patron to grant them strength and courage in a flight or fight situation. Jakun has a fondness for weasels and with his dedication to nature worked to show goblins how to use natural cave and tunnel formations to their advantages. Like weasels, Jakun felt it was perfectly acceptable to take over another creature's home if it was found abandoned or the creature was troublesome to goblins. Bugbears revere having pet weasels and deem it a mortal sin to ever kill or eat one. When the Caesar occurred, at first the goblin deities did nothing, but it soon became apparent that Syl and Hork had given into darkness and chaos. Syl, overcome by her hunger, attacked his sister Bavrix, and she lost her left eye. Jakun rescued her and carried her into the network of caves that he had littered with traps, false paths, and taking advantage of doubling back or hiding in the shadows. After his sister recovered, she and Jakun took those goblins not swayed by the dissonant to retreat into the deep and quiet places of Contuvita, where mortals would seldom go in the hopes that they would not have to see conflict. Knowing his sister needed protection, he traveled with her back to Contufei. While Jakun is relatively silent, when he speaks, all goblins listen, even those who have turned to darkness and chaos. He would prefer that goblins were isolated from the world and only cared for nature. He will always defend and stand by his sister Bavrix. Hork, god of battle, conquest, lust, and fertility. He is corrupted, one of the dissonant. His alignment is lawful evil, and he resides in Impetus, the seventh circle, the circle of violence. His titles are General of Destruction, Wolf Howler. His symbol is a halbert wreathed in fire. He is the brother of Syl. Hork is the father of hobgoblins and outpoured himself in making this branch of goblin kind. Prior to the Caesar, Hork was responsible for the bond between wargs, wolves, and goblins. He went out into the world and helped to domesticate them in the same way that humans began to domesticate dogs and cats. Wargs and wolves were loved as much as family members and also worked as hard as horses and cattle. While Bavrix valued wisdom and Jakun valued intelligence, Hork 
put stock in strength. Hork believed that, like in nature, it was necessary for the toughest to be the leaders, to survive, and to produce the strongest bloodlines and clans. Through this, Hork turned to the hobgoblins and modeled them to be armies dedicated to protecting the balance of nature with those other species who deem nature as an item to be used. This is how hobgoblin armies built their mythos of battle prowess to be on par or greater than those elven armies who guarded the natural world. When the Caesar occurred, darkness and chaos spoke to Hork and Syl. The whispers and voices told them of the great power and honor that they could wield with goblin kind under their leadership. But of course, no promise of darkness and chaos is ever truly as it seems. Hork's lust for power turned into literal lust and violence, and the aims of building up the goblin war machine and seeing goblin kind dominate nature and subjugate civilization to his whims. After Syl attacked Bavericks and forced the retreat of her and Jakun, Hork and Syl began to build up those goblins who began to loot, pillage, steal, and destroy civilization, all in the name of their perversions of nature. Those atrocities helped to cement the prejudice and hatred of common folk against goblins, not knowing any better. Massive armies of hobgoblins fought alongside orcs in their campaign to wreak havoc on humanity, elves, dwarves, and the like. Unlike Curden, Hork values strategy and large numbers to win the day. The more goblins, the better, which is why he encourages large dens of goblins to increase their numbers all around. Eventually, the armies of hobgoblins were defeated by the end of the Caesarea, and Hork was banished into the circles of hell. While trapped and unable to escape, his followers believe he is amassing an unholy army of demons, devils, and the souls of those fallen warriors to march once again on the world. Syl, goddess of disease, filth, and hunger and cannibalism. She is corrupted, one of the dissonant. Her alignment is chaotic evil, and she resides in Gola, the third circle, the circle of gluttony. Her titles are Foul Bather, Ever Famished. Her symbol is a maw with many jagged and broken teeth. She is the sister of Hork. Syl and Bavericks work together to create the most common of goblins. While Bavericks was more focused on matters of education and tradition, Syl exemplified the physical prowess and natural ability of goblins. Not only could goblins be possessed of wisdom and intellect when it came to nature, but they themselves could be honed to be the most perfectly balanced species to care for nature and hold a dominance in both their pacing and skills. Syl helped to teach goblin kind how to use their dexterity to hunt in packs and to work in tandem like ants or bees to create architectural wonders and feats of engineering. Through these teachings, Syl encouraged an omnivore-type lifestyle, and goblins were seen as both agrarians and hunters. Goblins were able to not only naturally raise crops, but cultivated knowledge of curing and preserving many types of meats, fungi, and plants. When the Caesar occurred, darkness and chaos soon spoke to Hork and Syl, the whispers and voices telling them of the great power and honor that they could wield with goblin kind under their leadership. But of course, no promise is ever as it seems, for Syl's hunger for power literally turned into an insatiable and unending need to consume. She looked at Bavericks with jealousy in her matriarchal role and wisdom. She was the one who honed the goblin race for true survival, not Bavericks. Syl's worldview became more animalistic and frantic. Her acceptance of darkness and chaos saw her transformed. Graceful speed and movement became 
terrifying. Healthy constitution became perpetual starvation. The ideal mix of teeth became a horrifying landscape of razor-sharp incisors, canines, and fangs for the ultimate carnivore at the top of nature's food chain. Once Bavericks and Jakun discovered that Syl and Hork had given in to become part of the dissonant, Syl felt a surge and was overcome by her hunger. With swift and bloody precision, she clawed at Bavericks and ripped out her left eye to eat it, hoping to stave her pain and instead amplified it. Bavericks and Jakun soon retreated, Hork went on the march of the warpath, and Syl then began to consume all their stores of food and then was forced to live off the excrement. Syl loves offerings of fresh meat, regardless if they are goblin or not, and encourages cannibalism among goblins, stating that it's easier to make new goblins rather than waste food on a runt. Goblinoids ask her blessing to help foster symbiotic relationships and tame monsters and creatures who feed off filth and corpses like carrion crawlers, audiogs, oozes, etc. And goblinoids pray and beseech her that these goblins would not be eaten by these types of creatures. Indeed, some of the most pious of Syl claim that they can live off rot and filth, their mouths producing strong acids and their stomachs enhanced against toxicity and disease by Syl's blessing. Runts of goblin litters and stolen babies of other races are ritually sacrificed and consumed by the entire clan or den to honor and appease Syl. Syl is trapped in the Circle of Gluttony. Her hunger continues to pain her, and her worshippers wish to unleash this apex predator on the world to dominate nature and put all of goblin kind at the top. There you go. That is my breakdown of Goblin Kind, trying to make a more nuanced and interesting picture on goblins. Typically in D&D, we see goblins as these low-level monsters that aren't dealt with much after the first couple levels of play. And certain Wizards of the Coast products like Bolo's Guide to Monsters has rules in there to help make player character versions of hobgoblins, bugbears, and regular goblins. In light of these available rules, I wanted to make sure that if a player in my home game were wishing to be a goblin, a hobgoblin, or a bugbear, that they wouldn't have to fall into that default, oh, I'm evil, and so I have to be an evil character. No, it's possible that you could be one of Jakun's followers, and you're just a simple, quiet, intelligent, trap-making bugbear. Or maybe you are an evil goblin who worships Syl, but you could also be a goblin who ascribes to Bavericks. And you could be a hobgoblin who either follows the command of Hork, or you choose to follow a different god altogether. So if you like these ideas on goblin deities and how goblins are presented in my homebrew setting, feel free to adopt and borrow them in your game. Just be sure to write on our reddits, tweet at me, send me an email, put a post on Facebook, and let me know how it is going in your game. I hope that you had a great week, and it's the six-month anniversary of the podcast, so certainly I thank you all. 1,200 downloads in six months is quite an accomplishment, and I couldn't have done it without you, my listeners. And so I definitely want to give you a big thanks. I wanted to show my appreciation for that. Like I said, I've got a lot of backlog of guest episodes ready to edit, ready to put out there. And I want to continue to make this show bigger and better and do more for the community. And not only that, but make improvements on the show as well. I know I put it out there on Twitter asking about 
Patreon. I know if you listen to my guest episode on Role for Persuasion, I talked about how I didn't come into this starting with a Patreon, but I know realistically over time, if I want to be able to grow and expand the show, I'm going to need support to do that. So I will continue to do this show whether or not we have a Patreon, but I certainly would love to hear from you, the community, that if you like what I'm doing and you would like to support me in a way that would allow me to grow and expand the show, then certainly I would encourage it and I would go about that process of putting together, say, a Patreon or whatnot. So hit me up on social media. Let me know what you think of that. But otherwise, I'm going to continue to deliver quality programming that this podcast delivers. I love being able to write about my homebrew setting. I love to interview guests and I will be happy to continue doing that. So until next week, thank you for tuning in. Got another great guest episode lined up and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, https colon forward slash forward slash sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the podcast. To stay up to date and share your fan creations, you can like and follow the podcast on social media by searching for at Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is also on Reddit, so join our subreddit community at r slash side kq podcast to share your art stories discussions and commentary if you'd like to hail the bard send an email to sidekicks and sidequests all one word at gmail.com i ask that you please leave an honest review on itunes to help spread the word about the show sidekicks and sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy meaning i'm not approved or endorsed by wizards Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright, Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Four! Psychics and psychoists.